0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I was thinking about the Word of the Lord tonight, where the Lord said some things are going to start manifesting. I'm into that. How about you? And I, I don't know, the Lord reminded me of uh, back in 1993, I was getting ready to go speak at a, uh, a meeting at a uh, hotel in those days, we had meetings in hotels and uh, conference rooms and so forth. And I was getting ready to go preach at one of those and uh, preparing for that. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is 1993, so that's about 29 years ago. So that's been a few days. That's older than some folks that come to this church, older than some folks on the platform. Um, but, you know, the Lord said to me, he said, those that have been faithful in sowing seeds will one day reap on an immediate harvest. Amen. And I thought, well, 29 years of faithfulness, it's time for some immediate harvests. Amen? Amen? Not that we haven't had immediate harvest, but I, I just sense what God's saying. This is just going to start popping and clicking. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we're going to begin to see that. Amen? Amen. All right. Find 2 Timothy tonight. Amen. Um, Amen. Uh, I'm not, I'll need to remind you that we're in a series, because it's been a while since I did the first one, but we're in a series on don't stress out. Yeah. You know, stress is pressure, right? Put against you. Stress just means a, a force exerted, you know. And the devil, you know, tries to get us stressed out. You know, because just like, just like we talked about this the last time, just like you're redeemed from um, physical uh, suffering and what I mean by that when I say you're redeemed from physical suffering I'm not saying you're redeemed from persecution and making your flesh behave I'm talking about sickness you understand see let me clear this, this thing about suffering in the, in the church you know people talk about suffering well we don't suffer anything that Jesus suffered for us he already suffered that he did it for us but yeah we do have to suffer persecution the Bible tells us that and uh, you know, it's just small potatoes. Amen. Just because somebody talked ugly about it, it's just small potatoes. Right. Yeah. Amen. Praise yeah. God. It's like Brother Hagin you say, I've been criticized by experts. I'm not gonna let some little spurt bother me. <laughs> Amen. So uh, you know, and we do suffer we do suffer in the flesh by not allowing our flesh to have its way. Come on, That's yeah. pressure, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. So uh, so there, there's this pressure. But what the what the devil tries to do? Because stress is part of life. You're, I mean, you can't just like I'm not, I'm never going to have any stressful situations, and never going to have stress come my way. That's just not re that's not reality. But you don't have to stress out. You got to deal with it by the word, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You know, just like you have temptations to sin, you can't stop that. It's going to happen. Now you could lessen them by, you know, by what you feed up feed on. Of course, you don't put yourself you don't put yourself in a position where you create more. Uh, but, you know, m- the, my point is, is that this pressure that the devil tries to put on us, we saw that, that the Bible says that we have a, this treasure of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Amen. So there's greater pressure in us than there is from the outside. Mm-hmm. Remember that? The Bible says, uh, he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. Yeah. So we have a greater force inside it. We have to remember that when pressure hits, that there's something greater inside of us. You have to remember the tools that you have. Amen. You know what I'm saying? When you're doing a job, see, one of the things that makes jobs easier is having the right tools. Amen. You know, and, and us guys know that because whenever our wives want us to do something we don't want to do, we just say, I don't have the tools for that. And so in my case, I can't find the tools for that. <laughs> you know, they're somewhere around here somewhere. But you know what I'm saying, see, we have tools, spiritual tools, and the Holy Spirit, the power of God is inside of us. Amen. And so so that's what Paul said. He said the God, and this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, where he said, you know, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're not in stress. He says because, he's, and he tells us why, because the God that, that said, let there be light, he shined in our hearts to give light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earth and dust. In other words, he's saying the glory is in us and therefore we're not stressed out even though we, there is stressful situations, we're not stressed out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because of what's inside of us. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy. That's kind of a little bit of a... Uh, review some of the things we talked about. We, we did talk about this. We talked about how stress is mental pressure, right? And we're redeemed from the curse. We find, we, in Deuteronomy 28, it lets us know that stress is part of the curse. I mean, you read Deuteronomy 28, like the 66 or 64, 65, somewhere in there, verses, it talks about, it, it, you know, how stressed out they would be. And God has redeemed us from that. Christ redeemed us from that. So he didn't redeem us from heaven that we wouldn't have any stressful situations. But he did redeem us from being stressed out. Amen. So there's a huge difference there. Amen. Amen. Now let's go. So this is, don't stress out number two. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter 3. Got it? He says, this know also that in the last days, this is Paul, perilous times shall come. How many would say we're there? Yeah. The Amphite Bible says times of great, listen to this, times of great stress and trouble. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. That's what's coming. Actually, that's what's here. Yeah. Well, listen, to, he says, he says that, and here's the reason why. Listen to this. For men, see, because of men, because of people. How many know people are nuts today? They're just, they've lost it. And we have to live with those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. I wish we didn't, but we do. Uh, and we have to witness to those people. I don't mean like have to, but I mean we're supposed to. We're supposed to help. Every one of them we can help. Some can be helped, some can't. But we're supposed to approach, you know, like, you know, we're, we're the ones that have the answer, Right. We're not supposed to be stressed out with them like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. No, I mean, no, we're, we're supposed to be the ones without the, the being out the stressed out look. Right. Amen. He says for, you know, I just sometimes I just see people just on up, man. They're white. They're stressed out. You know, these people are just stressed. Just the least little thing sets them off, you know. But that, and that's, that's why these are hard to live in, hard to bear tithes. That's one of the reasons why. Uh, he says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, that's, that's happening today, right? Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. The word unholy means no reverence for the holy things. You know, it, you know when I was growing up, we had reverence for the house of God. I remember the city that Phyllis and I lived in for a number of years had great big, it's of course still there, great big Catholic church. And uh, it was built, I think, in the 1800s. Am I right, Pastor Jerry? You were probably there helping them build it back then. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> I think it was started in the 1800s that they started building that church. It's a beautiful stone church, huge stone church. And I, I just remember living there. They left it unlocked. You could walk in there any time you wanted to. If you wanted to pray. You go in there and pray. You know, and see, sometimes you'd walk in there and there'd be saints in there praying, you know, and, and all that and, 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 and so forth. And, and uh, you could walk in there because nobody would dare do anything to it the whole community would kill you. You got that? You don't touch a church. I remember as a sinner, you know, this is going to sound stupid, but, you know, sometimes we were stupid. Uh, I remember as a sinner, you know, we, uh, we, drank, we drank, you know, beer, you know. And, uh, I mean, in those days, I just like, I liked Pabst Blue Ribbon, and if it, I would have cried if it, they went out of business. Thank God I'm delivered. But, you know, I remember we, we drank out of bottles. You know, they had bottles, you know, cans, cans and bottles. We had bottles, and we always, like, when we would drink, we always, like, the thing to do was to see if you could hit a road sign with your bottle. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you were driving, it was like a left hook shot. And we got really good at it. Bam! And, of course, we were real bright. Uh, and intelligent people in those days. But, you know, I remember every guy in a car, if it was, you know, how sometimes you'll see a, a, a sign that says church. Just letting you know there's a church up there. So you slow down, you know, in case they're dismissing service. You don't want to run over any of the saints of God. And so I just remember how the guys would say, I remember one particular friend of mine, Nikki, I remember how he would say, oh, don't throw the bottle. It's a church sign. Now I'm talking about, not talking about the church's actual sign, but the highway sign that said church. Don't hit that. Let's have respect for that. Speed limit sign, stop sign, do not pass sign, they're all targets. Church sign, off limits. We were really holy, weren't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what it did show? me It showed we had some reverence for God, see? And we wouldn't have near thought about damaging a church or stealing out of a church. I mean, we I mean we'd starve before we'd, we'd rob a, t- a church, God, God's house. It wouldn't happen. Come on, are you with me now? Yeah. But having, you know that's gone now. You have to lock the doors, have security, and have angels. We better put the angels first. Amen. Because people just they don't have that they don't have that reverence any longer. He says, verse three, without natural affection, that means no family love or hard-hearted towards their kindred. Man, have you ever seen a time when mothers and fathers, I mean, just don't care about their kids? I just saw something, and I've been been weaned off the national news, but I saw this locally. I'll check our local news. And I saw locally, uh, and I I don't mean to be, you know, maybe I shouldn't even bring this up. But anyway, I saw locally something happen with a young kid in, in in our own area. And I'm thinking, what are these parents thinking? Where's the love? Well, he, he said it would be this way. He said uh, they would be truce breakers, false accusers. It, the, word, the King James says incontinent, which means no self-control. Fearous or brutal. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. We even see that in the church. Yeah. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Paul said, from such turn away. Turn away from that mess. Now, what did he mean? Well, when he says having a form of godliness, it means, yeah, we see that today. There's a lot of people, they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power to live holy. See, what is the power thereof? What's the power of godliness? It's it's to live holy. And so they, you know, we have, uh, it's amazing people that, you know, they say they're followers of Jesus or they're Christians and yet they deny the power of it to live holy. Amen. We're there right now. Now, go to verse 13. Go to verse 13, same chapter. He says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But notice what he told us to do. Here's what we're to do in the midst of all this. But continue thou in the things which you have learned what's Paul saying? Stay with the Word. Hallelujah. See, what is the devil after in these days? Well, he's after the same thing he's always been after. He's after the Word. he loved to shut the Word down in our nation. What what do you think, you know, what do you think, like even in in certain countries, it seems like the COVID rules are tougher on the church than anything else. Now, why can you go to Walmart and you can't go to church? Where do you think that came from? And then, even some places in in America, I'm talking about America, even some places in America, it's like, well, okay, you can go to church, but you can't sing. But you can go out in the middle of the street and protest, and you're all right. What do you think this, who do you think designed that? That was the devil. How many know that? I said, that was the devil. Why? Because you know he, he's out to shut the word down. But, but but what's the answer to us when this stress, like Paul said, you know, hard to live in, hard to bear times are coming. And I know you're just, I know you're just excited over that word. But what did Paul say? To hey, say he said you continue the things that you've learned. You continue the word. The word works. Yeah. And there's a tendency that when things get tough like this, that people start backing off the word, and that's exactly the wrong thing you should you, you should be doing. Because Paul said, or excuse me, Jesus said that not only are, are people going to be stressed out, he said there's going to be whole nations who are stressed out. Nations in distress. Well, we're there right now. But us believers are supposed to be walking in something totally different than that. Amen? Now go to Mark chapter 4. Go there. Mark chapter 4. We're just talking about don't stress out. See, what is Satan after when, when he tries to stress us out? He's after the Word, folks. He's after the Word. He's after the power of the Word working in our lives. Amen. Amen. Now, Mark chapter 4. Uh, go there. Mark chapter 4. He got, got it? Verse 14, the Bible says, The sower sows the Word. How many of the Word's the Word of God? And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Well, I mean, if Satan comes immediately, he must be afraid of it. Right. See, he knows the word has power whether Christians do or don't. He knows it. Amen. Yep. And he knows that if you ever get those word people, if you ever become a word person, does anybody know what I'm talking about? See, if you go back a few years, you know you understand that phrase. You become a word person, a person that feeds on the word and lives by the word. He knows he's got problems because right. he can't defeat you. Right. Amen. He says he comes immediately. So he doesn't waste, he doesn't waste any time. He comes immediately to, 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 to try to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. These are these likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure, but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, notice this, for what? For the Word's sake, immediately they are offended. It's all about the Word. See, if the devil's all about the Word, why aren't we all about the Word? Are you following what I just said there? He's all about it in a negative way. He wants it out of you. Amen. Don't help him. By not feeding on it, right? right? He says, and these are they, verse 18, which are sown, uh, and these are they which are sown among thorns. How many you know the thorns thorns is the curse, right? right? Such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, everybody say, entering in. Amen. Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now how many know, all of us are going to have cares come at us, right? But when they enter in, they choke the word. Stress is going to come your way, but when it enters in, it chokes the word. It chokes the word. Now now see, notice this. you've you got to see this out of the Bible. You've got to see this out of your Bible, uh, you know, whether you've got an electronic thing or something, but look at, look at this. Look, there's three phrases here that are very revealing. It says, uh, Satan cometh to me. Notice, taketh away the word. Everybody say, taketh away the word. 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 For the word's sake. sake. Choke the word. word. Sounds like to me the devil wants the word out of us. He comes to take it away. He comes to get it. For the word's sake, comes to and brings problems for the word's sake, and he comes to choke the word, but verse twenty is where we ought to be. these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word. Now just take away the word for the word's sake, choke the word, but we ought to be hear the word and receive the word, and bring forth fruit with the word. Hallelujah. That's what we're supposed to be doing with the Word. We're not supposed to be letting it be, be taken away from us. We're not supposed to be letting it, uh, the, the, you know, things remove it for the Word's sake. The devil remove it for the Word's sake. We're not supposed to be allowing things to choke the Word. We're supposed to be receiving the Word. We're supposed to be hearing the Word. We're supposed to be bringing forth fruit with the Word. What well, does that mean? We, we, instead of yielding ourselves and giving ourselves over to all this stress, we give ourselves to the Word. What's the Word say? See, the Bible tells us that when we believe the Word, we enter into something called rest. How many like rest? A guy asked me one time, i, I never forget this. It was my neighbor when I lived in, t- in downtown Newburgh. He asked me, he said, what is the best thing about running? I said, stopping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we enter into rest now, you know. Uh, and, and so, you know, how, how many like rest? I mean, you know, you know it, it rest is a good thing, right? Especially when it's faith rest. Amen? Now, you know, I like things. I like to do things. I like to do things the easiest way to do them. Am I the only one? I don't I don't look for the hardest way to do things. Like, I wonder, how, what's the hardest way I could do this? What's the most challenging, difficult way I could do this? No, I look for the easy way. Is that... Is that probably not good? You know, it's kind of like with my shoes. You know, i got lace-up shoes tonight. I love these shoes. Brother Kenny Give me these shoes. And I've got a few lace-up shoes. But did you notice most of the time I wear slip-on shoes? You know why? They're easy to get on and get off. These I have to bend over. And unlike Dr. Barkley, Dr. Barkley said, every time I bend over to tie my shoes, I always ask myself, is there anything else I can do while I'm down here? So... So, you know, it's just a matter of convenience. Amen. And so, it's not a matter of what I like. You know, I, I, it's a matter of convenience. I think the, I, some of the, the tie-up shoes I got are better looking shoes than the slip-on shoes. I like them. Look, they look better. But I have to tie them. Well, it's really rough in life, isn't it? Amen. Now, you don't understand that God's Word will cause your life to be easier. I mean, you're gonna have challenges in life, but when you put the word on things, see, see, those that believe do enter into rest, the Bible says in Hebrews. I like that story in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, when the Bible tells us that, you know, uh, King Jehoshaphat and Judah, that a whole army, armies, not army, but armies came against them, and the Bible says they. They sought the Lord. They, went, they turned to the Lord. At least they did the right thing, right? So said everybody showed up. I mean, all the, 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 the women, the men, the babies, they all showed up, man, before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to them and said, hey, you're not going to need to fight in this battle. He said, you know, uh, the battle is the Lord. You just go out. You go out against them tomorrow, but the Lord will be with you. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat said, hey, believe. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets and you'll prosper. He's just saying, believe that word that came forth from that, that prophetic word that said God's going to fight this battle for us and everything. Just rest on that word. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They must not like the praise team very well because they sent them out front. <laughs> Joseph, hey, get where's the praise team? Send, send them out front. I, I don't know. They must have messed a song or two up that morning. <laughs> no, also, they all consulted, you know, and they said, hey, Let's send the team out. Let's send the worshipers out first. And the Bible says they were, the army was defeated when they did that. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so, so, so we have to understand, we need to, I like this phrase. I've said this phrase for years. I'm, I, it didn't originate with me, I, but I don't even remember where I first heard it at. It's been years and years ago. Let the Word fight your battles. Amen. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Come on, do you get something tonight? Proverbs 4, chapter 4. Let's go there. We, so we have to learn, you know, the devil, when he, when he tries to get us stressed out, he's just after the Word. He wants to get the Word out of our life because he knows that's what defeats him. That's his defeat. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Amen? Now, all right, Proverbs 4, you got it? The Bible says, my son, that'd be daughter too, right? Attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Oh, we're supposed to give God's Word our attention. Amen. We're not supposed to give the news media our attention. We're supposed to give the Word our attention. Why? Because the Word fixes things. Amen. You know, there's all kinds of issues going on right now, but we're supposed to give the Word our attention. And if we don't give the Word our attention, we're going to stress out. You know, there's people stressed out, you know. Some people think the planet's about to be destroyed. And straw stressed out, you know. And think we've got to quit eating hamburgers now. Really? You haven't read that? Oh, real serious? I'm real serious, man. I'm our government, some people, our government really thinks we need to quit eating hamburgers and stuff because, you know, cows pass gas. <laughs> these are people that are in charge. Lord, help us. It, well, yeah, let's eat them all up and then that'll be it. All right. And I was like, I don't think God so, so God, I don't think God puts something on the planet that's going to destroy the planet. Maybe human beings, but, you know, but, but not cows. Cows aren't our problem. All right. I think, Lord, how and people believe that stuff. And we're supposed to take this serious. All right. Not me. I still eat cows. Hallelujah. But you know, people even freaked out about their diet. You know, what I'm saying that all people, you know, were like, man, I got to have this right. Boy, you know, because they're telling you, if you don't eat the right diet, it's going to kill you. You got to exercise and eat right. Eat, eat the right diet. Well, I, mean, I believe in exercise and the eating the right diet. I don't always practice it, but I believe in it. <laughs> so this isn't a knock on exercise and the right diet, because you know, you know, sometimes people what they eating is killing them. Yeah, but but don't put your. But see what happened? What I see? I I had this uh, satellite TV. Years ago, it was a, I won't name it, but it was a Christian satellite TV and it was just full of Christian stations on there. And I flipping through there one day and about every program I I watched was about what you put in your mouth. You know, for your healing. And I think, now wait a minute, where is 1 Peter 2.24 on this Christian programming? Did you ever think about this, that all the sick people Jesus healed, all of them, we're on the Mediterranean diet. <laughs> well, they were. That's what they ate, folks. Uh, and he had, to heal, he had to heal multitudes of them. <laughs> well, that speaks volumes to me. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat the right things. You know, I mean, you know, people have killed themselves by eating wrong. But what I'm saying is if that's where you put your attention... There's just proof right in the Bible that that's not the answer because those people all ate the right stuff, man. They ate fish and nuts and, you know, whole grains and everything else. Then wouldn't anybody showed up at Jesus' meetings with, you know, with a... Big Mac. Yeah, a Big Mac. And <laughs> frat from Starbucks. I mean, Jesus never one time said, Hey, guys, go to Starbucks and let's get some coffee. Extra sugar and cream, please. I mean, they didn't have that, right? Nobody showed up there with a Pepsi. Nobody showed up there, you know, with tacos. They had health food, and they were sick. Jesus had to heal them by the thousands. So that tells me that's not my answer. My answer is 1 Peter 2.24. My answer is himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. I'm going to give my attention to that. That doesn't mean I'm not going to pay attention to my diet. Doesn't mean I exercise today. I exercise yesterday. I'll probably exercise tomorrow. It doesn't mean I'm not going to do that because, you know, your body needs some natural stuff. Right? But I'm not going to put my focus on that and let that be my Savior. My Savior is the Word of God. Because you can exercise right. You can eat right and still get something wrong with you. And you better know the Word of God. You better not just be able to say, well, devil, get behind me. Man, I tell you what, I, I had whole wheat today. He's really not gonna care. I had my protein shake today, man. I had all my veggies today. I didn't. That's right, Pastor Giver. Right. I didn't. Somebody in this world did. That's not. See, my point is. But I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. I, I that he is afraid of. I had First Peter two twenty four today. By his straps I'm healed. I had that today. See, that's what he responds to. You can't rebuke him with your diet or your exercise. Well, devil, you just get out of here. I'm not I'm not gonna have a heart attack because I ran five miles today. I mean, he did not care. But the word, that's what he wants to get out of you. That's why he tries to get your stress out. Get the word out of you. Right. Amen. <coughs> so <laughs> I better have some power water here. <laughs> so, how many know we got to focus, we got to give our attention to the Word? Right. <laughs> now, notice what he said Let them not depart from your eyes. <clears throat> keep them in the midst of your heart. What does that mean, man? Keep planning the Word. <clears throat> how do you keep the Word in the midst of your heart? You keep planning it. You keep planting it. For they are life to those that find them, and health or medicine, the Hebrew says, to all their flesh. I have in my Bible, the Word will fix whatever ails you. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In other words, what you're going to have in life is what you put in your heart. You know, if you just... If you just feed on the wrong things all the time, then that's what's going to come out. Because that stuff gets in there. How many of stuff that you did, you, you, know, you heard years ago, it's, it's, still, it's still stored in that computer up there somewhere? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why do you think some of those songs come back? I <clears throat> Amen. You know, some of those things, you heard, where did that come from, well, it's up there in that computer. Right. Amen. It's still up there. We can put the Word up there. Right. I don't know. I, I just, I, I got up the other morning and I'm just go. I just go I, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking about any of this. I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to, I'm thinking good thoughts, but I'm going into, I get up, going to the bathroom and, and, and the next thing I hear is the righteous brothers singing in my head. Now, how did they get in there? When a man loves a woman. <laughs> now they're in your head. <clears throat> so who are the Righteous Brothers? Well, you got to go back to the '60s, anyway, <coughs> '70s. They're still one of them still around singing. But anyway, my point is, where did that come from? Well, I mean, I used to hear that song years ago. I don't have the album today. I don't listen to it today. I haven't heard it for years. But it was up there somewhere because I get up and there they are. Right. Righteous Brothers meet me. I'm like, go home, guys. <laughs> now, thank God I got some other stuff up there that I can replace that with. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I've got the word. Amen. I've got the word in song, you know. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's go to one last scripture. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Did you get anything tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Luke chapter 10. So so we have to understand stress, the stress that the devil brings. He tries to get us stressed out. He's after the Word. If we enter into that and get all stressed out, then He's going to steal the Word out of our hearts. And there's nothing to defeat Him with if He robs us of the Word. Once again, He he honestly knows how powerful the Word is better than a lot of Christians. He knows it's the Word that kicked Him out of heaven. It was the Word that defeated him. He knows that. He knows that Jesus is the Word. And he understands that when he, you know, in the amount of temptation, when he faced Jesus, Jesus didn't mess with all this stuff. He, you know, the devil brought up, he just said, it's written. That ends it. Right? It's written. It trumps everything. Doesn't matter what the devil says, if i got something, if I've got it's written, I mean, that trumps everything. Amen. Now, in Luke chapter 11, excuse me, chapter 10, let's, let's close right here. <clears throat> it says, it came to pass as they went, that's Jesus and his, uh, his disciples. And actually at this time, he's got the 70 with him, you know, so he's got all these disciples. It says, it came to pass as, that as they went, they entered into a certain village. And a, a certain Woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Ooh, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. But everybody say but, but. <clears throat> but Martha was cumbered. That's the King James. She was cumbered about much serving. Now the word cumbered means she was distracted, or she was she was. Literally, what cumbered mean is she was hindered. She was hindered. What does it mean? Well, she allowed something to hinder her from coming in there and sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing His Word. She was hindered about, by, by the much serving. And, and it came to pass, and and, it came, and she came to Him. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister hath left me alone Bid her therefore that she help I me. How many a wrong one to say that too, right? And he said unto her, Martha, Martha. How I many? Anytime the Lord calls you twice, your name twice, you're in trouble. You know, it's like when your mom used to call you by your full name. You know, uh oh, you'd mess around until they called you by your full name. It's like I better get with it because spanking's next. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about how many things. How many things? Many. many things. She was one of those people, evidently, troubled about many things. You know, listeners, There's, you, you. I mean, you can get your life get too cluttered. Sometimes you need to clean life out. You get you get too cluttered. Amen. You don't need all that stuff, right? Life's cluttered enough, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, when I was a kid, we didn't have all this stuff. No, no, you know. Um, a guy told me one time, he said, my brother-in-law, I don't know what he's got. I don't know what he, he this was several years ago. He told me, he said, my brother-in-law, his TV, the, some kind of package he had, he said, he gets 750 channels. I didn't know there were that many on the earth. So I don't know if he gets them from Taiwan or in every place. I don't know. But he said, yeah, he gets 750 channels. I'm thinking, now who needs 750 channels? We only had four. You couldn't always get all them, right? I mean, I was from Pike County. We could get the one out of Terre Haute and occasionally from Evansville. You know, you get the antenna right. Well, my point is... Is you can let your life get too cluttered, too many things. You know, oh, I need to add this and I need to do that. You need to do what God called you and told you to do. You don't need all this other stuff, all this extra stuff. Amen. Now, why? Because, listen, you end up making the wrong choices. I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes I get overwhelmed by menus in restaurants. Am I the only one? I'm like, it's, it's like, I'm tempted to order page one. You know what i saying? Because I don't know what I want, you know? And I've, I've had this issue for, and some of my friends know this, some of my preacher friends know this, you know, if it's a big menu, uh oh, Pastor Pearl's gonna freak. <laughs> He's gonna zone out here. And so one of my pastor friends was in California at a, uh, I think it's In and Out burger. And they took a picture of the menu cheeseburger, hamburger. Hot dog, French fries. They said, Pastor Pearl, here's your menu. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I can pick something out of that. Amen. Yeah. You know, you get too much, and you get too many things going in your life that you don't, that don't need to be there. And what happens? Stress begins to come in your life because you you you've added things that don't need to be there. Amen. Now, verse forty two. Well, verse 41 again, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things. Everybody say many things. things. But one thing, everybody say one thing, thing. is needful and Mary hath chosen, everybody say "Chosen." chosen, that good part which shall not be taken away from her. See, it was Martha's choice to choose the supper, the dinner, the lunch, getting flustered instead of the word. It was her choice. Well, what could she have done, Pastor? Well, she could have said at the Word, the feet of Jesus. How many know Jesus always fed people that came to church? Well, not always, but He did. Don't look at me. I'm not feeding you. I'm not Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Right? You know that one time... The disciples, they came to you. Now, Now, now Lord, you know, there's, there's a lot of people here. and They're hungry. And uh, I don't think the people were hungry. I think the disciples were hungry. <laughs> and some little boy, he'd ran off to Long John Silver's and got some fish during the meeting. Mm-hmm. And he came back and it's like, hey, this kid's got some fish, man. <laughs> He's got some fish and chips. But, but how, how many understand that Jesus would have, if Martha would have sat and fed on the Word... And put it first, Jesus would have taken care of the meal. He's proven he could do that, right? right. Have you ever read about the feeding of the 5,000? Yep. You know, the, and then the 4,000? Well, he can do that. He would have done that. But she's all stressed out, man. She's stressed out over, I got to cook, I got to do this, I got to... What's happening? Well, she's the one that's doing it. She's the one that's allowing it. She could have just said, I'm not going to stress out over that. I'm going to go with the Word. Have right. I mean, you there's a promise for everything that comes your way. Find the Word. Choose it. Because that's what the devil's after. To steal the Word out of your heart and out of your life. Amen. We have to choose. Amen. Like the, like the psalmist of old said, he said, It's vain. It's vain to rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Why? Because God doesn't want us eating the bread of sorrows. He wants us eating the bread of life. Hallelujah. And so learn to just depend, learn to be like they were in 2 Chronicles and just depend on the Word. The Word's gonna pull me out of this. I'm gonna put the Word first place in my life. I'm gonna trust the Word. I'm gonna feed on the Word. I'm gonna stand on the Word. I'm gonna hear the Word. Remember in Mark? I'm gonna hear the Word, receive it, and I'm gonna bring forth fruit. I'm not gonna let the Word be stolen out of my life. I'm not gonna let the Word be choked. Amen. I'm not going to let the, the devil steal the word. Amen. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hang on to the word, and I'm not going to stress out. Amen. Well, what, 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 what's going to happen, Pastor, if I do that? God's going to take care of it. Brother Hagin said one time, you know, because he, he was a great one to le- not to worry. He, he really got a hold of that. And he said, his wife said to him one time, she said, I don't believe you'd worry if me and the two kids fell over dead. He said, well, what would be the use of worrying then? (laughs) It didn't go over well. Amen. Amen. He talked about a church he passed. He said, man, it was a troubled church. It was troubled. He said, I was young, you know, just a young man. It was a troubled church. You know, I think maybe... Even the deacons, maybe they got in a fight or maybe in the outside the church. I mean, he says it was a troubled church, you know. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, you know, I didn't know what to do. He said, he said, I told the Lord, said something ought to be done here, but I don't really know what to do. And he said, I'm just going to cast it over on you, you know. He said, after that, that church straightened out and had a revival. It's amazing what God can do when you put it in His hands. Amen. Stand up, everybody. Did you get something tonight? Thank God for His Word. Yeah. Say it with me. I'm not going to stress out. Gonna stress out. I'm going to word out. I'm gonna word, out. I'm gonna word out. Hallelujah. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.